Well, you're listening to this podcast. Maybe you want to make a podcast of your own. Well, Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast direct to Spotify. Everywhere else podcasts are heard as well. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And if you want to take the conversations of your fans to the next level, you can even do Q&As and polls direct through that same feed. Spotify for podcasters. Get it now. Hello, it is me, it is me, your True Hill Phenom, SP3. We are live on the Wrestle Binge by Sports Keto Wrestling YouTube channel, as well as the Sports Keto Wrestling Facebook for another edition of Smack Talk, your go-to for the recap, the post-show for WWE SmackDown, AEW Rampage, and it's draft day, it is draft week. NFL draft is going on as well as the WWE draft night one. I am here with the legendary manager himself, the legendary wrestler, the legend himself, and the greatest mustache of all time, Dutch Mantel. <laughs> hey, I like that intro. Let me ask you something. Draft night, NFL draft night, and WWE draft night. Who was the number one pick in the NFL? Do you know? Isn't it Bryce Young? Was that who it was? I think so. Should have been. Should have been. <laughs> Since I haven't followed that today. But hey, but what did you think about the number one pick tonight? I mean, it, it only made sense that the number one pick for the WWE draft had to be the undisputed WWE Universal Champion Roman Reigns. And it came with the added benefit of you get one of the greatest managers of all time, Paul Heyman, and you get a certified, you know, uh, pick for the future in Solo Sokoa. So that was like that was like the double whammy. It's a no brainer. Roman was going to be number one. No kidding. Okay, so SmackDown got Roman and Solo and Heyman. What did Raw get in exchange for that? Raw's number one overall pick was the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes. Why didn't Raw just pick the Raw Women's Champion? That should have been the first person on their draft board to pick. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't know about that. I mean, they're putting a lot of stock in Cody. So Cody's worth three guys, I guess. I mean, don't try to make sense out of this. But I agree with the, the Roman pick. But how does Solo come in there, too? I don't get it. Because I guess they, they what the story they told throughout the night on commentary was that Roman made it that him, so him, Solo, and Heyman were one pick, and he separated himself from the Usos to see how the Usos would do on the in the main event, which we'll get into, and he that's how he got got it done. But it just baffles the mind of Monday Night Raw not picking the Raw Women's Champion, Bianca Belair, leading to Bianca Belair being the second overall pick for SmackDown. So, Dutch, 
we have to see another title swap. I feel I feel like it was just it was just yesterday. It was like two years ago we were talking about this on this show. How that was that was the worst thing about the last draft they did in 2021 was when they switched Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair, and then we had to have that horrible title swap segment. Yep. And here we are again. We are basically it's basically guaranteed that Monday Night Raw is going to pick Rhea Ripley on Monday. Hmm, that is true. That is true. And talk about Rhea Ripley, it reminds me of the, we'll get in this a little bit later, but we might as well get into it now. Boy, they got that card stacked for Backlash. That card and the, who was, who was the little, the girl wrestler from Puerto Rico, what's her name, the Vega? Zelina Vega. She's Puerto Rican. Yeah. And so is Bunny. And so is Damian Priest. And they have one more. Who's the other one? Well, I, I think I think Carrion uh, Cross is Puerto Rican, but he's not on the Backlash card. He is going to be on SmackDown next week in Puerto Rico, though. Carrion Cross is Puerto Rican? I believe he's part Puerto Rican. He doesn't look Puerto Rican. <laughs> he looks... Well, he looks as far as Puerto Rican as I do. But anyway, I mean, it's, it's a really good card for, for Puerto Rico. So where is Backlash in Puerto Rico? What building are they using? I'm not sure what building, but they're in San Juan, Puerto Rico. That's good. That's highly observed of you to know that. But they got a, they got a couple of big buildings there. This one may be a new one. It looks like a new one. And... You're to be in an atmosphere in a Puerto Rican crowd. Oh, loud. Oh, and they will really be loud. It's next Saturday night, right? Yes. Yeah, I would like to go there, but I can't. It's going to be a very, very fun show. I know the Puerto Rican fans are going to be very loud and vocal for next Saturday's backlash. Well, I can't go back to Puerto Rico. I have an outstanding warrant there. So I don't want to tell them where I... They arrested me uh, for impersonating a wrestler. And I think that's bullshit. You know what I mean? That is BS. You are the one uh, of the, the greats, the all-time greats. Yeah. Okay, continue. Remember, everyone, drop the thumbs up on the video if you're watching us right. on YouTube. If you're watching us on Facebook, you got a couple of options. You could put a thumbs up, a heart yeah. emoji, a hugging heart emoji, an angry emoji, a laughing emoji, however SmackDown and Rampage made you feel tonight. And, of course, sound off in the live chat. We'll try to highlight as many of your comments as possible. But Super Chat donations is the best way to have your comment highlighted on screen. Uh, we will highlight it here with a Super Chat donation. Any dollar amount matters as we talk about the WWE draft. Now, let's, let's just get the draft stuff out of the way on the show because this was the primary focus of this show uh, uh, this week. The WWE draft, I gotta give it up to the fine folks over at Sports Keto Wrestling on their on their Twitter page. They posted this nice little graphic here so we can see how the, tra- the draft panned out for Night One uh, Dutch. So, Monday Night Raw in the first round, they picked Cody Rhodes and Becky Lynch. In the second round, they, put, they picked the entire Imperium unit, including the the Intercontinental Champion Gunther, Giovanni Vinci, and Ludwig Kaiser. They I also hate- picked. <laughs> you hate that? I hate that pick. 
Tell them why. Tell them why you hate that pick. Gunther is my guy. Gunther is my SmackDown go-to. And I wanted to see him because oh, he'll do great on Raw. He'll do great. And I predict future stardom for Gunther. I just, he's a, he's a great talent and a different talent too. A totally different talent, different look. And uh, he's almost uh, a flashback to the past brought forward. So I think he's going to do really well. But I'd still hate to pick. I want him to stay on SmackDown so I could watch him. That's a personal choice. Yes, that's a, the selfish choice. But I, I agree with you. I love Gunther as well. I've always been a fan of Gunther even before he came to WWE. Uh, including with Imperium, Raw picked Matt Riddle in the second round. So a good second round for Monday Night Raw. In round three, they picked Drew McIntyre and The Miz. And then they finished things off in round four with Shinsuke Nakamura and the NXT Women's Champion Indy Hartwell. Now over on Friday Night SmackDown, they had their number one overall pick, as we established before, the undisputed WWE Universal Champion Roman Reigns, along with his wise man, Paul Heyman, and his enforcer, Solo Sokoa of the Bloodline. We have mm -hmm. Bianca Belair, the Raw Women's Champion, was the second overall pick for SmackDown. Then in the second round, they picked Montez Ford and Angelo Dawkins, the Street Profits, as well as WWE Hall of Famer Edge. In round uh, three, they picked former WWE champion Bobby Lashley and the entire OC, AJ Styles, Meechin, Carl Anderson, and Luke Gallows. And then in round in round four, they picked Damage Control, Bailey, Dakota Kai, and EO Sky, as well as Alba Fire and Isla Dawn of NXT's Women's Tag Team Champions. So some NXT picks in the latter rounds. I love the reaction from the NXT picks at the end. That was very cool, even though the reaction to from Shawn Michaels, who, who runs things down at yeah. NXT. I'm sorry, Dutch. You've been in the business a lot longer than me. That looked like a shoot from Sean that he looked upset that they took his two two of his champions well I don't know if he was upset but that, that's his job right to advance his talent so he should have been I don't know what he was upset about probably because he's going to make his job a little harder <clears throat> so Indy Hartwell I've never seen her before she good She's pretty good. I, I think that she's kind of developed, uh, you know, some good charisma and a good character in the ring. I think that she's still getting there. She had a big injury on NXT this week, NXT Spring Break. And I don't know if you saw from when they, you know, made the announcement that she was drafting, she was wearing a walking boot because she had a really bad injury where uh, mm -hmm. Tiffany Stratton did a dive and basically her yeah. weight as it came down on her ankle very, very badly. Uh, she gutted it out and finished the matchup, but, um, you know, I don't know what's going to happen now with the NXT Women's Championship. Very interesting that they drafted her here. Um, if I was Shawn Michaels, I would have used the injury as a way to get the title off of her if he knew that she was going to get drafted. That's why I don't think that he knew and that his reaction was a shoot. Well, now he's going to have to go to work. Now he's going to have to start saying, oh, God, what am I going to do now? Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. But let me ask you this. The two girls, the Scottish girls, how are they? 
Isla Dawn and uh, Alba Fire, as I like to call them, Dawn of Fire, uh, they are they're a good tag team. They started off as rivals uh, on NXT, and then they basically developed into this whole partnership. They won the NXT Women's Tag Team titles at their big WrestleMania weekend show, Stand and Deliver. Uh, but they've they've been you know going well. Alba Fire is the stronger of the two. She's very experienced. She used to be known as Kaylee Ray, and she was the longest reigning NXT UK Women's Champion when that was a brand. Uh, she held the title for nearly two years, uh, had some really good matches with Mako Satamora and Piper Niven and Tony Storm. So she's really strong in the ring. And I think Isla Dawn is more of like the personality. So they make a good team and could add something to the WWE Women's Tag Team division. So the question I have for you, Dutch, who do you think won night one of the draft between SmackDown and Raw? Okay, let me look at this. I'm going to say, well, who got Roman probably went, uh, won? <laughs> yes. yes. He's the guy. Because, no, I, I think that SmackDown won, now, this, won this draft Dutch in round one because they picked Roman and Raw's women's champion in round one. Yeah, I think, I think SmackDown won that one. They got Bianca and Roman and Solo. So I think they won round one. And the other the other picks didn't really didn't really stir anything in me much, except the Gunther one. I think Raw won that one. That's one round two. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Okay. And let me look I'll here. I would say I would say SmackDown won around uh, three because they got Lashley and four people with AJ Styles, Meechin, Anderson, and Gallows. They won that one, and uh, the the last one. Well, wait a minute! It looks like SmackDown got a lot more people than Raw got. <laughs> yes, because they Look they drafted it. they drafted stables. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. SmackDown got 18 people. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. SmackDown got twice as many people as Raw got. What kind of damn draft is this? Bad I think they're going to even it out on Raw. I think Raw will have more picks on their show. I think tonight they wanted to have the majority of the picks for SmackDown. So that's why they picked a bunch of stables. They picked the OC. They picked Damage Control. They picked the Bloodline. So I think they were trying to stack up SmackDown on the SmackDown brand. They'll get some picks on Raw, but I think Raw will have more people by the time Monday ends. Mm-hmm. Well... We will see. So, but hey, I think the first 15 minutes of the show, that first pick and getting into that, I think that was the most exciting part of the show. The rest of it just kind of laid down. There. And in the end, the Usos versus, that was kind of disappointing because I thought Solo would play a bigger part. And you didn't, I really like the way they build up to that because you thought Solo may turn on the Usos. That's what I thought. That's why they led me to believe. And then Matt Riddle cut him off, so nothing happened. And But 
they they keep adding to the story, and they're not getting away from it with the with the the bloodline. So I do like that. I just I I I don't know. I me myself, I kind of feel like we needed the the story development of what solo was going to do because i feel like we are dragging it now at this point we're trying to drag it and we still Probably. haven't really been given a new chapter it's like there's it's like they basically did ended the book and then added some pages but it's still the same story that's being told and they're just dragging a little bit more but let's talk about you know everything that went down with the bloodline tonight so first you had the usos came out and congratulated roman reigns for being the first pick they promised to win the tag team titles tonight and return them to the bloodline they referenced trying to contact reigns but he didn't call or text them back since wrestlemania and regardless they're dedicating tonight's win to reigns sammy Zayn and Kevin Owens come out and interrupt. Zayn asks if they thought it was strange Reigns wouldn't respond to them. And he added that Reigns, Sokoa, and Heyman were drafted without the Usos. The Usos claimed Owens would turn on Zayn when they lose the titles tonight. And Owens heard enough. He says he doesn't care about any of this and promises to beat the Usos in the main event. And then throughout the night, we saw various backstage segments of you know all the competitors getting ready. We then saw a segment where Paul Heyman was basically giving the Usos a pep talk, what seemed like a pep talk, while him and Solo were standing behind them while they were sitting on the couch. They said they will they will be drafted tonight, regardless of being eligible for Monday. They will be drafted to the island of relevancy or the island of obscurity. Heyman told the Usos tonight's the night they come back as tag team champions. And then he picked up some tape, handed it to Solo and then looked at Solo. And he says tonight is the night, basically saying that the Usos better win or else. Mm -hmm. And then we all, uh, you know, got into the, the main event matchup uh, before the rain event, the Usos were about to come out and they were like asking solo. Okay. You coming with us. And Heyman said that Roman Reigns wants it to be their night. He wants the spotlight on them. So solo is going to stay in the back. So we get into the matchup, really good matchup. I thought, uh, you know, I thought the, the story was sound with the Usos attacking Kevin Owens knee, the knee that was injured by solo Sokoa a couple of weeks ago. Uh, they took the heat on him. He got a hot tag to Sami Zayn. Sami ran wild for a while, but then they cut him off before the second commercial break, and they took the heat on him. When we come back from commercial, Sami makes the hot tag to Kevin Owens. He runs wild for a bit. Uh, solo, we see like a, a, a picture in picture side by side of Heyman backstage with Solo, and he gets a call from Roman Reigns saying that okay, it's time. It's time, and you see the evil oh, face. Funny. And they, they call right when he's in a promo. Okay, boss. Okay. Always always amazes me. They they time that so perfectly. Go ahead. He's like, he's like, it's the time. It's time. It's your time. It's your night. He tells Solo Sokoa. So Solo comes out as it looks like Kevin Owens has the advantage. We get some good near falls with the with Owens hitting like the a stunner on Jimmy Uso and he kicks out. We get multiple super kicks by the Usos. How do you feel about the Usos spamming the super kick? Because you got upset at the Young Bucks one of these weeks. Are you upset at the Usos for spamming super kicks? Uh, I can tolerate their super kicks more. I don't know why. 
it's because it's WWE. Um, <laughs> but they spit, they hit a couple of super kicks, and Owens kept kicking out, kicking out, kicking out. Then eventually, um, they basically. Uh, he takes out one of the uh, one of the Usos, takes out Jay uh, as they look like they're going for the 1D. Sammy takes Jay out of the ring, throws him into the steel steps. Owens catches Jimmy with the stunner, and then he backs up into the corner, and Sammy Zayn comes in with the Haluva kick. Uh, Solo Sokoa had been attacked by Matt Riddle and taken to the back, and the Usos lose to Sammy Zayn and Kevin Owens, and we end the night with the Usos, you know, outside looking dejected. Owens and Zayn are our winners and solo is in the crowd looking on at everything kind of looking disappointed and kind of split as well like he was like oh, damn i know what i gotta do now so it was kind of left on a cliffhanger but like i said i kind of wanted a little bit more but what did you think about the main event matchup which i thought was a great match overall between these two teams and what do you think about what's going to happen next with the bloodline dutch well, I agree with you. They are dragging this now, but I think they're dragging it because there's a little bit of indecision of where to go. That's what I think. And you say, well, it's a, it's a committee. How can they be undecided easy? Because I, I don't think they've had so much su success already with the bloodline. Now they're picking their choices very carefully and they don't want to, but they are following a rule that I always had. Don't go so far and that you can't back up. Because you might go too far and you, you've created a mistake, but if you go too far, you can't pull it back in. They, you can't even explain it logically so you can bring it back in. So that's what I think they're doing here. Uh, and where are they going to go with this? I don't think anything will change at Backlash. I don't think anything had changed there. And when is, when is SummerSlam? SummerSlam is August 5th, I believe. Okay, what's the, uh, after Backlash, what's the big pay-per-view? Uh, the mean? next big one is uh, Money in the Bank in July. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. The next big one after Backlash is at the end of May, May 27th, with his Night of Champions, which... Uh, we got the announcement on Monday Night Raw that there is the new World Heavyweight Championship that has been made for Monday Night Raw exclusively because with Roman Reigns going to SmackDown, now Monday Night Raw will have the World Heavyweight Championship. But then we got this segment where they, you know, they showed the video of it being announced and Wade Barrett said both superstars from Raw and SmackDown will compete for the new world heavyweight championship so is the title raw exclusive is we're still gonna see the the brands interact because that was very say, confusing when he said that let me say this if you don't understand it i damn sure won't because you understand it a lot more than than what i do see when i start to fill in those gaps of raw and smackdown and this and that i'm lost i'm completely lost unless it's a story that I can kind of fill in the gaps, but I don't, I don't even know what, I don't even know what you're talking about there. And I damn sure don't have an answer for it. And I don't think I'm alone in saying that because I like when, uh, when triple H said tonight, we have some rules. I went, what rule? It was <laughs> to me, three guys 
But what you're saying is since uh, SmackDown got so many more guys than Raw, now on Raw, Raw will get more guys. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. That's 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 just what I figure. What do you think about WWE creating a new world championship? Basically, how Triple H explained it was not very well, in my opinion. He he basically said that uh, you know, because Roman has been champion for so long and negotiated a deal where he doesn't have to show up to every show, we have this new world title. Which basically, you know, despite there's some people saying that, oh, Roman just has one title. He just has two belts. No, it's two separate belts because by now they would have combined it into one. So now we have a third world title here. So what do you think about them creating a new world heavyweight championship? I mean, it's not up to me. I'm not the damn referee there. I'm not the rule maker. So I don't know. This is what I think. Years and years ago before WWE was even a thought. The NWA world champion was a touring champion and he would go all over and how they would book him. They actually booked him in a pretty good way. They would tell you uh, the NWA office in St. Louis, Mushnick, he was the head of it. They would send you a list of the times you had the, the, the world's champion. See, in Florida, I was booking then. We got him in, like, February. Then we got him again in June. Then again, maybe in October. And we would get him, like, 10 days a year or maybe more, a little bit. But, you know, you had 30, like, 30-some-odd territories. So the champion was booked solid. But you knew well in advance when you would get the champion. I don't know why they don't do that in Raw and SmackDown. Have one champion and have him go back and forth between them. Can they, could, could they even, well, they can get it to work, but, but see, uh, Roman has been exclusive up to this point to SmackDown more or less, right? <clears throat> but he's made some raw appearances, correct? Yeah, he has. So, and he's defended against raw guys because Kevin Owens was a raw guy. He defended against him. He defended against Cody at, at WrestleMania. It's just I, how Triple H explained it was because Roman negotiated a deal that he doesn't have to show up for every show. He says the fans deserve more. They deserve a, a world, another world champion. Let me ask you this. Cody's on Raw. Yes. His own SmackDown. It kind of blows a hole into Cody taking it at SummerSlam, right? Yeah, I think that the red herring is money in the bank. I think that Cody Rhodes will probably win the money in the bank, and the money in the bank winner can cash in on any champion they want, whether it be the World Heavyweight Champion or the Undisputed Universal Champion, which when they when they crown a new World Heavyweight Champion – I just hope that they just combine whatever titles Roman has into one title. He, he needs to just have one title because he's no longer the undisputed universal champion when there's another world champion on, on the, on the company. So you just confuse me more. <laughs> Stop talking about, we'll have everybody listening to this saying, what the hell are those guys talking about? I am literally just saying what Triple H said. We're gonna have a we're gonna have another world champion. I didn't even in that. If I'd have been there, I'd have slapped him. 
I think, what the hell have you and Creative been doing for the last month? Sitting around looking at each other. But he had nine he had nine months Dutch to figure out a way around this. I understand, you know, this is not something that he probably wanted. He didn't want them to have one undisputed champion. He wanted two world champions. So Isho has a world champion, but he had opportunity after opportunity. We've talked about it so much on this show, whether it be Austin Theory instead of the stupid cash-in that he had cashing in on the U.S. title. He cashes in on one title instead of both titles, and then he loses to a babyface like Drew at Clash, and Drew gets his moment. You split the titles, and you accomplish something if you're going to make Austin Theory look dumb with the money in the bank. Or Cody was the opportunity. After Cody wins the Royal Rumble, Cody this whole time has been talking about, I want to win the WWE Championship. The WWE Championship is the title that my dad held, but he didn't win because he won by count out. I want that title. When he wins the Royal Rumble, to say that I'm only going after the WWE Championship at WrestleMania, then Cody can win, you split the titles, and you create a whole new story where Roman feels inferior because he has one title, but he doesn't have both titles, and he feels like, should I even be Universal Champion anymore because Cody beat me at WrestleMania? There were so many different stories they could have gone about it instead of, I feel like they put a Band-Aid on a gunshot wound, Dutch, <laughs> with this World Championship. Well, I had a thought the other day. What if Roman doesn't ever get beat for his title or his titles? And or he gets hurt, let's say, and he forfeits the titles and he becomes the ex-champion by default. And he hasn't ever lost. So when he comes back now, he's he is like uh the champion in waiting, just waiting to be, uh, you know, the crown put on his head. That'd be a way to keep him from getting hurt. I don't think one loss will hurt him anyway, but I'm saying they have put all this time in him. And that would give my boy, Gunther, he could get the title. Then Cody could get it from him, which thus elevating Cody a little more than bring Roman back in the, back in the fold. That may work. And I think they advance everybody in that. I think they advance Gunther, they advance Cody, and then Cody and and this is probably next WrestleMania. They could go at it again. Yeah, we got the report, I think it was earlier today, from WrestleVote to be a Give Me Sports that WWE has been discussing doing Roman versus Cody 2 at WrestleMania 40 next year. Do you mm -hmm. think that they have enough of a story to get it to WrestleMania 40? Do they? Yeah, do they? Oh, I think, you know, they just, they have to work on it. But when you think of a year, a year to WWE is nothing. I mean, we go through week after week after week. And all of a sudden, and WrestleMania's right on, they start planning WrestleMania now. But they push that in the back because they don't want that on everybody oh, Everybody on creative. They don't want that on their head. Just go with what you got now and we'll bring it back in. It's easy when you, when you, when you can do that. But you've got to have that guy who's... See, the thing about booking, even back in the old days, you couldn't book for just next week. You had to book for next month. And then you would book and then 
you're always booking like three weeks ahead. That's in a regular territory. WWE books three or four months in advance. And with WrestleMania, they're planning it now. I mean, they don't have it. It's not written in stone. But they they basically got uh, what they basically know what what the main event is. That's all they need to know anyway. The main event of the guys and main event of the uh, of the females. Uh, we got uh, Shaq Attack in the chat who says, I thought this new world championship is replacing the WWE title. He's only supposed to have the universal championship only from here on out. That was never said. That was never said. I haven't seen any reports on that Shaq attack. All I've heard is what Triple H told us on Monday Night Raw. He said, whatever brand Roman Reigns goes to, the undisputed WWE Universal Championship will go there with him. He called it the undisputed WWE Universal Championship, despite the fact he was about to introduce a new world championship, which makes it not the undisputed anymore. But And then he said, whatever brand did not get Roman Reigns, that's where the World Heavyweight Championship would be. So after Roman is drafted to SmackDown tonight, that means that the World Heavyweight Championship is now on Monday Night Raw. They did not say anything about Roman combining the two titles. They've kept calling him the undisputed WWE Universal Champion. Well, tonight wasn't. Raw's best, I mean, SmackDown's best night. I found part of it boring. A part I did like was LA Knight. Yes, let's let's talk about that. We're watching him get over. He definitely was over with this Corpus Christi uh, fans. He went in, he was in the opening matchup against Butch. Uh, The match went eight minutes, but the the big kind of, uh, you know, taken away part is how over LA Knight was with this crowd. He got a big reaction for his entrance. They did show us, you know, recap how this match was set up last week with LA Knight mocking Butch, setting up this matchup. Uh, Butch got, you know, a bunch of good offense on LA Knight working over the fingers and the hand, but Knight was able to recover. He got a really big reaction when he did his step up suplex, the old Shelton Benjamin spot where you walk up the ropes and hit a big superplex, which really got a big reaction. A loud LA Knight chant broke out after the near fall. Butch went after the arm of LA Knight. He reached for the ropes. He was able to roll out the ring, but Butch reached out at him and LA Knight poked him in the eye and then followed up with blunt force trauma to pick up a win. We've been asking for LA LA Knight to pick up a win. He gets a win here. Got a big reaction from the fans. You say he's getting over. Do you? Where do you see LA Knight? Do you think he's going to stay on SmackDown, or do you think they shift him over to Raw come Monday? I would leave him on SmackDown. The old saying is when you have success with a guy, don't screw it up. Let him go. Because you could, you could put him on Raw at any time if you wanted to. Yeah. But mean that he's got it got to be drafted I, I i think and i see in this guy shades of stone cold i don't know why but he just he he walks out there like stone cold oh yeah yeah and, and the people liked it and they like him he's a heel they like so when you take a heel uh they like you you can do anything with him now when they had him with maximum male models they wasn't a damn rat's chance in hell for him to get over. But took him away by him by himself. 
He got over. He or he's getting over. And this was tonight. He shouldn't. He he should have won tonight, which he did. So now, and it just goes to show you, just because they beat somebody, doesn't kill them all. You remember we were saying the same thing about uh, Sammy. Because every time you saw him go to the ring, well, he's going to lose again. And he mostly did till he got into this angle with the, the bloodline. And I don't even think they had that in mind about him. But they got to watching him. They got to seeing the reaction of the fans and said, hey, there's something there. So let's harness that energy and let's see what we can do with it. And they've done a great job with it. Not yeah. by design. It was almost they were just listening, and at least they were listening, and they listened in the right way. Yeah, this one, this one was a fun matchup here, and I'm glad LA Knight got the win before he gets drafted on Monday night. Uh, we had various legends and Hall of Famers come out for the uh, for the draft picks on the night. The first group was Rob Van Dam and Michael P. S. Hayes. Love the reaction for Rob Van Dam. He was very much over with the fans. Got a very good reaction uh, for his selections. I believe he did the selections for. Uh, for Raw, while P- Michael P.S. Hayes did it for SmackDown. Uh, you then had the Street Profits who were picked in the second round. They came out for a tag team matchup. They got on the mic beforehand, said they were happy to be back on SmackDown, saying that it doesn't matter what night they're on, the Street Profits are up because they want the smoke. And then we got a nice little three triple threat tag team matchup with the Street Profits versus Ricochet and Braun Strowman versus the LWO. I thought Cruz. Bruce Del Toro and Joaquin Wilde, despite them losing every week, like we've established, the the LWO, I think Mm -hmm. the L and LWO doesn't stand for Latino anymore. It stands for losing world odor. They just lose every single week, but they were very (laughs) impressive. Once again, here, they were high. They were flying all over the place. Um, Braun Strowman and Ricochet had a better week this week than they did last week. I like that they played into the botch spot last week. Commentary talked about it, and then they did the spot where Ricochet was like, no, to to Braun throwing him, and Braun was like, I'm sure. I'm sure. (laughs) Hey, I was watching Von Strowman. He almost tripped and fell tonight. He he did on the on when Ricochet was getting pinned and yeah. he, he was supposed to do the save. He did not touch. I think it was Cruz del Toro that was pinning Ricochet. He did <laughs> not touch him. He just tripped over. He tripped again. And and I heard the report that he had suffered a concussion. So was that report true? Was he was he just a fast healer or was that just their them giving a reason for why he messed up last week? Uh. That guy's he's uncoordinated as hell to be in the spot that he's in. I mean, I even like it when he runs around the ring and knocks guys down. Oh, I hate that. Uh, it, it's like if he starts on the other side, wouldn't the guy on this side see him coming and like get out of the way or get in the ring? That is the to me the dumbest move, but people like it. So if they like it, it's not up to me. He wants to keep doing it, but he is a very uncoordinated talent, I think, to be so big. But I do like the callback that they had. No, 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 no. What? what? You know the the. Okay, and then he threw him and he hit it, and everybody knew what they were doing. That's the good part about it, because that spot said 
like last week, we were saying, where in the hell is he throwing him? He just threw him in the middle of the ring. Boom. I do I do like how it seems like in the Triple H regime, if somebody does a botch and is very noticeable, they like play into it because this is the second time because they did that with Top Dollar. Remember when Top Dollar did the, the flop dollar uh, botch uh, and uh, Cole was talking about it for weeks afterwards. But I do like the Top Dollar recovery because when he hit, he just kept walking. I mean, don't sell it. Just go on like, well, I meant to do that. That was good. That was good. Uh, this match ends with the Street Profits. Uh, they get a blind tag. Montez on off on D'Angelo on Angelo. Angelo hits a big spine buster on Ricochet, and Montez follows up with his huge frog splash for the win. What do you think about the Street Profits being on SmackDown? Despite the teases that we heard about the Street Profits being split up, did you think that it might have been time for them to do like the use the draft to split up the Street Profits? Because I don't necessarily think that they should split off with one going heel, but I thought the draft would be a good way if they wanted to see what Montez can do on his own. Well, if they were going to do the the swap or the the switch with each other, I think they should make an angle out of it and set up a draft. Because there's no there. It's just they didn't do it. But now that I'm looking at them, I think that uh, Montez can go ahead and be on his own without doing the switch because usually the guy who's going to advance in in this s- switch here would be Montez. He would benefit a lot more than his partner would. So therefore, it's, I think if they're going to do that, I think they need to make an angle out of it. And again, Creative has to watch everything they do, especially with these guys, because they're associated with each other and they got to have one hell of a reason for one to turn on the other. And, you know, when you when you when you take a team that's over like that, uh, Montez, what's his partner's name? Angelo Dawkins. See, Angelo, he doesn't carry any kind of people just don't they don't dislike him. He's given them no reason to dislike him. Now people's a cocky bastard, and the people said, "Well, he's gonna, he's gonna get his one day." Now it would make a little sense, but as he is now, you're asking them, say, to cheer a guy, even though he turned on Montez. I don't think it's enough. Understandable. That's understandable. Uh, we got a recap of the Bad Bunny and Damian Priest feud. They announced that Bad Bunny would be on SmackDown next week in San Juan, Puerto Rico. We got JBL and Teddy Long as the next Hall of Famers to come out. Where is, okay, where is SmackDown from next week? From Puerto Rico? It, it's also in San Juan, Puerto Rico. Wow, that's pretty good. Yeah. In the same building? I think so. I think it's sold out both net nights. Both SmackDown and Backlash are sold out in Puerto Rico. Next week will be a good show. It will be. It will be. If you didn't like this week's show, I'm sure next week will be better and the, the crowd is going to be super hot. You ever been to Puerto Rico? No, I've never been. A great place. If you don't get killed. I mean, down there when I was there, they hated me because... You know, that's all my interviews were about stupid Puerto Ricans. So they hated me. Plus, the drug dealing down there at the time, oh, my God. So I'd have to dodge the fans 
and the gunfire from the from the drug dealers. So, and it, and they were always close where where I lived. They was right around the corner. So, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, Andy Wilson saying that Teddy hasn't aged. Yeah, it looked like it looked like JBL like aged, and Teddy Long has not. Teddy no. Long is is he black don't crack. He proves that. <laughs> yeah. Teddy looked good. Yeah, looked really good. Uh, we had next visit Zelina Vega going one on one with Sonya Deville, and we asked for it, and we got it here. Selena Vega won a match. She yep. she didn't win it very strongly. I wonder, I wonder why she won this match? Because she's facing Rhea Ripley. <laughs> they they didn't they didn't care about her winning a match before they made the announcement of the match, but they realized that they need to you know at least build her up. I I didn't think they did the best job of building her up. I would have liked to see her win with like a finishing move or at least a move and not a roll up. But in the post match, I think they did a better job because Rhea Ripley comes and jumps Selena Vega from behind after the matchup. Uh, Sonya Deville gets in in Rhea Ripley's face and she headbutts her she talks down to uh chelsea green and chelsea green backs away she goes to give the rip tie to selena vega and instead she reverses it into a ddt looking very well here but then after that she yeah. basically runs away that's just what i'm saying i said why did that's that's what that's the way i looked at it. i said wait a minute to give her a ddt or whatever she give her it should have been reversed Ripley should have been outside the ring and Vegas should have had the ring. Yeah. yeah. I didn't get that. She was running away. Yeah. It, it's like, I feel like they really not very well thought this out. Like you have to make, I, maybe they're going to give her a moment where she can really stand tall next week in Puerto Rico the night before Backlash. But we all know this is leading to Rhea Ripley winning in Backlash and getting a bunch of heat in Puerto Rico they needed to do the work to make Zelina Vega look like a threat in in advance to that, and I don't think they have yet. No, they haven't. But they still got a week. Let's see what they do. Yeah. Uh, we had next uh, Santos Escobar and Rey Mysterio congratulating Selena Vega on her win and on getting the upper hand against Ripley. And they encouraged her to leave Backlash as the new champion. I liked Ray telling her, you know, you got to use what's in here and what's in here uh, for that matchup. That was that was a nice little segment to at least give her someone to, you know, base it off of. And I think commentary did a good job during the matchup talking about the comparisons between Zelina and Rey Mysterio. And they did it in Spanish or high Spanish. Yeah. That's how I learned to speak the Spanish I speak. It's like half and half. I've often said I speak just enough Spanish to get the dog shit beat out of me. <laughs> so my Spanish is not very good. But I understood that. He said, hey, he said, too, too solo it means you only or something. I got that. So but learning Spanish. I mean, real Spanish in Puerto Rico is like learning English in West Virginia, you know, because I mean? it's all messed up. But I, I got it. 
There you go. Uh, next, we had the OC who were drafted earlier in the night to SmackDown. Uh, we have AJ Styles making his return here alongside uh, Carl Anderson, uh, Luke Gallows, and Meechin. Before AJ can talk, the Viking Raiders and Valhalla come out and interrupt. And AJ steps back. He says, uh, you know, it looks like you're a lot outnumbered. Let me stand on the side. And, and he tells the OC to take care of their business. And the OC just really dominates the Viking Raiders. They take them out, and then AJ promises that they're just getting started before showing that he his ankle, his injured ankle, is healthy. He does the phenomenal forearm on Ivar. This was a nice little introduction for the OC, transitioning from Raw to SmackDown. But boy, oh boy, did they just pour a bucket of cold water all over the Viking Raiders. The Viking Raiders I will never take serious again. No, they just sacrificed them totally. I mean, surely they could have been a different way to do that. <laughs> I mean, they, the Viking Raiders just walk out there to get the dog shit beat out of And then they, they, you know, the camera goes off, but they slump back like this because I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't think that <clears throat> that was a good introduction for, for AJ and those uh, OC, but the Vikings hit, hit hurt them. I think, I think, and Valhalla, yeah. Who's the girl with uh, with AJ and those guys? What's her name? Uh, that's Mia. Yeah, Meechin. Yep. Well, it is what it is. So, wasn't wasn't uh, Mia Yim in Impact Wrestling when you were working there? She was she was with that group with Taryn Taryn Terrell. I know her, but she wasn't there. Although, I mean, she may have been around, but she wasn't hired at the company. Gotcha. Uh, we had the the last round with the NXT picks. I did love uh, Road Dog. First, Michael said he wasn't happy about the the pick of Alba Fire and Isla Dawn to SmackDown, and then Road Dog said that Shawn Michaels was gonna lose his smile a second time yeah. when when they uh, picked Indy Hartwell. And then we went to the Performance Center where Mackenzie Mitchell spoke with Alba Fire and Isla Dawn at the NXT Performance Center, and Caden Carter and Katana Chance demanded. Ended a title shot at them on Tuesday night. Do you think that we're going to see them with the NXT women's tag team titles? They're going to protect them on Tuesday, or do you think that this is just their way to put the titles on Chance and Carter before Don of Fire moves to SmackDown? I think they're going to switch it out there because if they don't, now they're, they're working a way that they want to get the belts on somebody else and it's going to be a convoluted hell. Just have them lose, and you can always say, "Well, they were excited about going to about going to Raw, or going up to the main roster," and you could say that. Hell, you can say anything you want to say, but they didn't get the belts off of them right now. Hey, the girl talking. Who was that girl talking? The the heel. Who was that girl? Ah, uh, that was uh, Isla Dawn. No, she wasn't with the Scottish two. Are you talking about the girls that came up to them? Yeah. Who's that? Katana Chance. Where's she from? Uh, she was on uh, American Ninja Warrior before she became a wrestler. Oh, American Ninja Warrior. Yeah. I never watched it. So. <laughs> <laughs> I had a feeling. I had a feeling exactly how you said it. I was like, yeah, yeah, he didn't watch that. <laughs> uh, 
this is a good point. That's a good point by uh, Isom Walker, who says that should have been hit row. It definitely should have been hit row in that segment against the OC. The hit row we don't take seriously already. Why not them instead of the Viking Raiders? Probably, but hit row, I, kinda, I didn't like him at first. Now I kind of like him. I like the big belly guy. I like him. I mean, but they could do something with the Raiders. They could have done something with hit row, but I guess a lot of times it depends on what time the teams hit. And I think hit row, they came along at the wrong time. Yeah. And I think if you retired them and brought them back, they may work and they may not. But that's funny how the chemistry of those teams works out. Works out. Again, I say all the time, I'm not the judge of it. The fans are. But they hit it at the wrong time. And you can tell when the fans don't like them and they didn't much care for them. Very true. And I think this is the final segment uh, before the main event. Uh, they had Kayla Braxton is interviewing Shinsuke Nakamura uh, about him being drafted to Monday Night Raw when he's attacked from behind by Karrion Cross uh, down backstage. Yep. That's the first thing I said. I said say you did he say TikTok or no? I don't think so. I don't think he did. <laughs> That's what I was waiting for him to say, TikTok. And I'm going. I don't get that. I don't get the carry and cross push, because I don't think the guy's gonna get over. Do you? No, I don't. I, I gave up. I gave up hope on that. Like after the first two weeks. <laughs> now they they brought him back. Did he have a carry and cross? Was that his name when they brought him back? Yeah, when they brought him back, it was Karrion Cross. Well, he didn't get over the first time, right? Um, well, they didn't do a good job at all with him the first time. They hadn't done a good job this time either because I don't know. I don't think that guy. I mean, they dressed him like a dominatrix, though, the first time. So at least his attire is better this time. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know what they're trying to do with it. See, he's not even that vicious, and when he talks, he doesn't talk like he's crazy. He talks like a regular guy. So you're thinking, well, what is there to dislike about this guy? And there's nothing. And he's got uh, Scarlet with him, beautiful woman, but she's just doing a, a second version of. What's Brock Lesnar's wife's name? What's her name? Sable. Oh, well, she's just doing a version of Sable. True. Is all, is all she's doing. But I don't dislike either one of them. Uh, so before we wrap up with SmackDown, I'm going to give you one last question on the draft. We'll show the draft board one last time uh, before we recap Rampage very quickly here because we're running out of time. So... Give me the the best pick by Monday Night Raw, not Gunther or Cody Rhodes. What do you think was the best pick on the Monday Night Raw side in the draft night one? Well, it's got to be Becky Lynch. Got to be. Shimsky Nakamura, is that how you say his name? Yeah. He's not going to do or He's not going to turn the needle. McIntyre is not going to do it. Riddle's not going to do it. And Indy Hartwell, nobody knows her really on a on a on a big scale. But other than Cody and, and Gunther, it's gotta be Becky. My my that's what I'm saying. 
You now. Agree? Yeah, I agree. I agree. Definitely. Becky, Becky Lynch gives Raw some star power, especially on the woman's side. And they were very light on the women on this night, only picking two women overall. Mm. Now, over on SmackDown, besides Roman Reigns and Bianca Belair, their first two draft picks, what was the biggest pick for them? Well, they had some pretty decent picks over here. Other other than you say Roman. Roman and Bianca. Okay. Well, I don't think Montez is a bad choice at all. And I think Lashley and AJ were good picks. And and Bailey. I think those are your picks there. So I think they kind of none of them have the the anywhere close to the drawing power of, of of Roman or even Cody, but you put them all, you add them up. I think you got something there. So I don't think I, came out bad tonight. I think SmackDown won night one of the draft for sure. Because like you said, I think Lashley and AJ, those are two fresh matchups for Roman Reigns. That should have been the goal for night one of the draft was to create new matchups for Roman Reigns, especially if they plan on him being the champion until WrestleMania 40. He's going to need new matchups and Lashley and AJ Styles fits the bill. Mm -hmm. Okay. Gunther goes to Raw, correct? Yes. AJ is going to where? He's going to SmackDown? The SmackDown, yeah. I would like to see AJ and Gunther. I'd like to see Gunther and Bobby Lashley. Well, you gotta wait. You gotta wait till next year's draft when they're on the same brand again. We, we, you, 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 you. But I'm, I'm saying that AJ, I knew him when he started, basically. And you could look at him and the way he did stuff. I met him in TNA in the early years, the first year. And this guy was, he was tremendous then. So, because I don't know what it is, some guys get it. And some guys don't. He got it, and he got it, and he kept it, and and he ended up going to Japan before he hit WWE. So, great, great talent. Speaking of TNA, we should bring up this question here. Uh, yeah, this one right here from Benjamin, who says, "What's your thoughts on Naomi going to Impact Wrestling?" It was reported earlier this week by mm -hmm. PW Insider that Naomi, now known as Trinity Fatu, her real name, uh, mm -hmm. she is going to Impact Wrestling, and she debuted tonight at their TV taping. Uh, Impact Wrestling has a litany of great women's wrestlers like Diana Perazzo, uh, Jordan. Grace, Masha Slamovich. She's joining a very rich women's division over there. What do you think? And Kong. Amazing Kong. Well, she's not there anymore. I think she's retired now. <laughs> you can't say the history of the TNA knockouts without saying Gail Kim. Oh, of course. And, and Allison Kong. Because there's a story that I told Gail was I try I was trying to talk uh Russo and Jeff Jarrett into having a, a woman's division because the WWE, they did panties and they did all kinds of little silly stuff. I said, why don't you have a division where these girls kick ass? And I finally talked long enough. They said, okay, try it. And I told Gail because Gail wanted to wrestle so bad. We didn't have nothing for her to do other than the second or the manage guys. She didn't want to do that. So she told me about Kong and gave me a tape. 
Listen, she gave me a VHS tape, tell you how long ago it was. And I looked at her and I went, damn, she was great. If you didn't know it was that wrestling was kind of a work, you would swear she was beating the hell out of these girls. And I got her over. So, but I think Naomi going back is is great because I think she she don't want the, she doesn't want the WWE schedule because it keeps her away from home. I think now she's taking some time off, and see she could be, she could have been on the road and not even seen her husband for like maybe for a day or two if they got. Her husband is Jimmy Uso, so she would. <laughs> yeah, but he could be on one way. That's true. And she could be on the other. But I think she she wants to go to Impact because she doesn't really want to get out of a business, but she doesn't want that killer WWE schedule. Now, it's a lot lighter now than it used to be. It used to be a mother hunter. Cause, but that's what I think. And I think she'll like it. She'll like it there a lot better. I think I think you're you're right, and like I said, there's a lot of female talent over at Impact Wrestling where she can work with. I think it's gonna be a success for her, and she couldn't go down the same path as Mercedes Monet. Let Mercedes do her thing in Japan, and she's doing great stuff. You know, Stardom's huge show in Yokohama Arena did the most uh, international pay per view buys they ever did. It was their biggest sell, uh, biggest show in attendance that they ever did. So she's very successful in Japan, but I don't think it was the right thing for trinity to try to go down the same path she's creating her own path in impact wrestling so makes a lot of sense uh before we get into the very quick rampage recap we gotta bring up one of aew's big names we talked about him last week cm punk this week dutch showed up in chicago backstage at monday night raw he apparently traveled with a bunch of wwe talent from orlando to chicago and he decided to wind to wind up at Allstate Arena backstage. He talked to the Miz and made amends with the Miz for some back and forth they had on social media. He also talked to Paul Levesque, Triple H backstage, and it seemed like they were making amends with one another before he was told to leave, uh, which was uh, reportedly by PW Insider, a decision by Vince McMahon. What do you think about CM Punk contracted to a AEW showing up backstage at WWE and trying to make amends with certain people. That sounds very un-CM Punkish to me. To make <laughs> but he, he may have just, they were in town, he wanted to go down there and, and Vince McMahon made the right call, tell him to leave because of those tampering uh, clauses in the contracts you can't get WWE for tampering because it was CM Punk who made his way on, on property that uh, WWE had, had paid for. So I wonder what uh, Mr. Khan thought of this. That's a bigger story. And I don't know what he was doing, but I think you told me that Discovery, where's their new show? It's going to be, it's, it was reported this week, I believe, by Wrestling Observer that the new show on Saturday is going to be on TNT with Warner Brothers Discovery, yeah. And that Punk was a was an integral part of it. 
Yes, he's supposed to be kind of like the star of this Saturday show. Uh, Wrestling Observer Newsletter today said that the the idea of the two of them doing their own brand split is that Punk and FTR are going to be on the Saturday show, while the Elite and the Blackpool Combat Club is going to be on the Wednesday show. That confuses me more, but I, I don't know the, the end result of CM Punk's actions. Only he knows, and I don't think he gives a crap, to tell you the truth. He hadn't before. I don't know. But I heard now he wants to really work again, and he was willing to say, hey, if I, whatever I did, I'm sorry, but let's, let's let it go by. If Hey, I'm on my phone right now. I have one. My energy is saying one. If I pop out, that's the reason. Well, very quickly, did you see Rampage? Anything from Rampage? Uh, no, I didn't. Okay, that makes it better. So I could just run through this. So Rampage kicked off with Switchblade Jay White and Juice Robinson of the Bullet Club defeating Ricky Starks and Sean Spears. This was a fun little tag team matchup. Uh, Switchblade Jay White getting the win with the Blade Runner over uh, Sean Spears to pick up the victory for the Bullet Club Gold. After the matchup, Ricky Stark started smacking around uh, Switchblade. He uh, Juice Robinson pulled him off of him. They started brawling, and then Juice bailed before Ricky Starks could get a spear. But seems like we're building because it was announced later in the show. It's going to be Ricky Starks versus Juice Robinson on Dynamite this Wednesday. So I think that the probably at the pay-per-view, we're going to do Ricky Starks versus Switchblade Jay White. So. I think that's a smart that's a smart move. It's you got one of your top baby faces against your new guy uh, signee. Do you do you think that they need to do more with Switchblade Jay White in AEW besides putting him with Juice Robinson and Bullet Club Gold? Well, he just got there, right? Yeah, I think they need to expose him just a little more, have him run his mouth a little bit, then do this because I think he's so new. A lot of people won't know who he is unless you follow uh, Japanese wrestling. And I don't, I don't ha- know how high a percentage that is, but I wouldn't think it'd be too high. No, 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 especially with the AEW fans, it's not going to be that high there. Uh, they announced that it's going to be the firm deletion match. See, that was Dutch. Dutch had to go. He, uh, I have him in on his computer here in the other, in the other way, but are you, are you there? Dutch? Uh, they announced that the firm deletion will go down next week on Rampage. It's going to be Hook, uh, the Hardys, and supposed to be Isaiah Cassidy versus the firm. But Isaiah Cassidy was chokeslam off a scaffold by Big Bill as they held him hostage to pick the time and the place for the elite, the firm deletion matchup for next week. You had Dustin Rhodes and Keith Lee naturally limitless beating two jobbers, Brady uh, Pierce and Charlie James. The mogul embassy came out after the match and uh, basically stared down with them, teasing a tag team matchup between them. You had Ty Mello uh, try to talk some sense into Sammy Guevara, telling him that MJF is not his friend and they need to, he needs to not lay down for MJF at double 
double or nothing. We'll see how that transpires in the tag team matchup with MJF and Sammy Guevara versus Darby Allen and Jungle Boy this Wednesday on Dynamite. You had Anna JAS getting the win over Ashley Dembrouse. This was a fine little matchup. It went about just over five minutes after the match. Julia Hart, the lights went out and she attacked uh, Anna J, but Anna J got the upper hand as, as officials pulled her off of Julia Hart afterwards. Then we had uh, the outcast with Breaker Black Eye t-shirts, which was great. Uh, this announced that Soraya is going to go one-on-one with Willow Nightingale this Wednesday on Dynamite. The Acclaim beat three jobbers in a very quick matchup. Only went less than a minute there. Uh, then you had Jay Lethal and Cash Wheeler. They had their promo before the main event. Excalibur ran through the card for Dynamite next Wednesday on Rampage with the Firm Deletion match. And they announced the big event, which is going to be in two weeks on May 10th in Detroit. It's going to be Kenny Omega versus John Moxley inside of a steel cage as the Elite versus Blackpool Combat Club feud heats up. Big time matchup on May 10th with Omega versus Moxley inside of his steel cage. And then finally, the main event saw Jay Lethal defeating Cash Wheeler. A lot of confusion, a lot of interference from Sanjay Dutt and that crew. It led to Mark Briscoe, who was supposed to be the special enforcer, getting on the apron, crashing into Cash Wheeler, which allowed Jay Lethal to get the win as Lethal and Jared have pulled off singles victories against Dax Hardwood and Cash Wheeler to set up a tag team title match for double or nothing see that was the rampage it was a good episode but i gave you the whole wrap-up within five minutes good stuff dutch mantel's phone has it has expired with us he sends you a bid adieu uh follow him on social media at dirty d mantel you can follow me on the twitter machine at true hill sp3 and go over to the true hill heat youtube channel tomorrow 11:05 a.m eastern time true hill heat 223 we're gonna have special guests professor chris from the nwa podcast we'll have the stat king on we'll have stephanie hypes on and also another special guest from daily mail alex mccarthy will be joining us i want to thank you all for joining us in the chat last call for comments here we got andy wilson who says well done sit in dutch uh we got chris uh alfred who says uh bcc representing the bcc we got frantic world who says rampage was good tonight we got chris saying uh julia hart is a beast uh we got andy wilson saying dutch on form tonight yes indeed yes indeed uh thank you all for joining us you guys are always great remember to drop a thumbs up on this video share it with your friends and subscribe if you are new to wrestle binge by sports Keto wrestling or drop a like on the facebook page but i am sp3 this has been Smack Talk, and we are out. Have a good night, y'all. Peace.